0: Living adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Komoot, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running, or bikepacking, Komoot's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Komoot. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. (laughs) <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. That a loop. Cycling through the Peak District should have been a beautiful part of my trip, but I was peddling through an apocalyptic rainstorm, as I headed to go and meet Sarah Lister. And frankly, I couldn't really be bothered. And the thought of trading my bike for a pub and a log fire was very tempting indeed. But I'm a polite boy, so I kept on going. And when I arrived at Sarah's house, the first thing she did was suggest we go for a swim at a waterfall up in the hills. Um, I think it's fair to say it was not hugely enthusiastic. But I've learned in life that you never regret a wild swim. So whilst I was thinking no, I said yes and hiked up the hill, jumped in and came up smiling again. And then Sarah and I, we ate pizza and we had a fascinating chat about her time trying to escape from the London treadmill, the difficulty of changing direction when you feel yourself drifting through life and the doorstep mile moment of commitment, of quitting An unloved job and beginning again, even though she didn't quite know what that beginning would look like. These days, Sarah works as a coach, and this has given her a new way of thinking and taught her a fresh perspective that comes from asking open, non judgmental questions. As well as the pizza, the swim, and a beautiful village, cycling to see Sarah for this chat was certainly worth getting a little bit soggy for. Thank you for doing this interview. Thank you also for taking me into your nice little cottage out of the rain. And thank you for buying me a pizza.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> this is how a
0: cycle touring trip should be. Um, so, first question I have for you is how did you go from being a young woman working hard in London to living in a little cottage? in the middle of nowhere, spending your days running up hills?
1: Well, it started really with wanting to get out a little bit more. So I was in London and just being very city-based, not really being very adventurous at all. And I noticed that I didn't have much kind of zest for life, Um, I was sort of, you know, sunk in my office chair every day and I just, I kind of saw myself. It's like a sudden, it was like looking in, like looking in the mirror and suddenly you see exactly what's happening. And I didn't like who I was and the way that I was talking, I was very negative, complaining about my job. Um, complaining about everything really, even though I actually had quite a nice job and a nice flat, but I wasn't really appreciating it or enjoying it. And it started with um, just a little tiny mini adventure near to where I was living. Um, and I started to see what was around me and the interesting history, the people, that there was so much there that I you know, hadn't even noticed before. And that made me start uh, to want to go out more and see more and it, I started going outside of London eventually um, and it eventually brought me to Edel because I wanted to get to, into the hills in the Peak District so I was coming here on my weekends I would finish my job on a Friday go home pack all my bags ready for the next morning jump on the tube at, five or six o'clock in the morning, whenever it started um, and get on a train up to Sheffield and come to the Peak District for hiking, get back on a Sunday evening and then go back to work on Monday. And I thought, I've got it, you know, I've got it down now. I can. What,
0: the week doing this weekend thing? Yes. I thought that was the solution.
1: Yeah. I thought if I can st- stay in this job, you know, stay in my salary, do this on the weekends, then great.
0: And how long did that phase last?
1: quite a long time um this was all i mean it was all over about a three year period when I had the first little mini adventure in London to actually moving here um
0: it what, was what what took you so long what was what was taking you so long to go from the idea to the action
1: i think it was partly i didn't want I was scared of Admitting that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't actually want to say that my career path was not what I wanted it to be in my 30s. So I was scared of saying that to myself, of saying, actually, I'm, I'm really lost here in London. It feels OK. It looks OK on paper. But this isn't actually what I want to do. It certainly isn't what I want to be for the rest of my life, working in that job. So... Yeah, I think it was having to admit that to myself, that I'd got to that age and drifted, basically just drifted through my 20s, and I didn't feel proud of it. So actually standing up and saying, this isn't for me, seemed really scary and daunting. And I didn't know where I would go if I wasn't there.
0: Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So you knew that you didn't want to do this, but you didn't yet know what you wanted to do
1: exactly and the most obvious thing was to uh, go into hike leading some kind of adventure tourism type job that was the most obvious thing and I knew that I could train to do that which would cost a bit of money but I could do it Um, however I didn't actually want to do that I liked taking people out on walks um, I, I used to have a meetup group, and I, I enjoyed meeting new people and taking them out to places they didn't know existed. But I didn't want to make it my living, and I wanted to go out and explore on my own a lot. I really liked that.
0: Okay, so you had, so had you stopped? Had you yeah. Finished that? Were You just breathing. <laughs> yeah, I was just breathing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you so you you <laughs> you didn't quite know what you wanted to do. You know what you didn't want to do. You're scared of admitting this to yourself. Yeah. What then? Was Was there something that committed you to action, or not? Was it just a sliding slope towards inevitability?
1: No. Um, I had a vague plan in my head, um, and I had a I had actually set a date in my calendar when I would aim to quit my job. And the reason that I was trying to plan it was because of financial reasons. I didn't want to leave my London job in debt. I wanted to pay off. I, did, I accepted my student debt, but it was all the other debt that I had, like credit cards and things like that. So I wanted to feel safe when I left. However, um, I attended the Night of Adventure event and that really got me thinking. Um, about all of the things that I was saying in my head, why I shouldn't leave yet and why I shouldn't make the change. And also on the day that I actually handed in my notice, um, my so I'd gone to I'd gone into my office as usual, went to make a coffee at about nine o'clock in the morning, and my boss at the time just said, Sarah, you really should be at your desk at 9am. You know, why are you in the kitchen type of thing? And it just got my heart racing. (laughs) And this wasn't an uncommon thing. You know, I was always kind of battling. And she was absolutely right. I should have been at my desk at 9am and not in the kitchen chatting, making coffee. But I went back to my desk and I just thought, but I don't want to be here. I don't want to have to be sitting at my desk. I don't want someone telling me, that I should be doing that, even though she was right, and I literally wrote my I handed in my notice that that day. I wrote it out, went home for some lunch, chatted to my mum. Said, "Am I mad?" She basically said, "Yes, but you've been thinking about this for years. Why don't you just do it?" And yeah, that I had a I had to work a month's notice, and that was it. And there was no there was no grand plan. I had some ideas about what I might do over the summer to earn some money, but all of my plan in my calendar and everything had completely, yeah, I'll just put it in the bin basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was your that was your moment of commitment. Yes. So fast forward um a few years, you're now up here living this nice, well, seems like to me a very nice, <laughs> happy, um, simple, but fulfilling life. Um, and you do some coaching work now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amongst the Generally speaking, not specifics, but amongst the sort of people you work with, what is it that's stopping them taking the action they want to take? Are there any generalities, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> any general stuff you've noticed from the, about the barriers? I'm really interested in the barriers that stop people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, something I see the most is that when people have committed quite a lot of time to a job, a project I think they sort of I think it's part that they want to continue because they've already put so much into it so it's it's almost a kind of I think they feel a sense of some people feel a sense of failure if they stop especially if if um, they haven't quite made a success in their mind of what they thought they would do then it's that kind of like well I need to keep going until I'm happy with it. And the years just go by. And yes, some good things might happen. But generally, they I think things aren't going the way that they imagined it to be, whether it's in a job or self-employment or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's kind of sticking at it, that kind of attitude of, well, I've come this far. It's too late now to change it or I need to make make a success of it.
0: That's like the... um I know very few economic theories, but one that has been so useful for me in my life was learning about sunk costs, Mm -hmm. which is essentially that, isn't it? All of that time, money, effort, emotion has gone. Yeah. What should you do in the future Mm -hmm. is a different thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's... I mean, it was the same for me. You know, I thought, well, I've spent five years in this job. If I quit now, when I could possibly get to a higher role or transfer to a, another organisation or whatever. It was that idea of, well, I've just wasted the the last five or six years. Like, what do I have to show for it? And I had nothing. <laughs> I, had not, I had literally nothing to show for it, apart from a kind of averagely okay lifestyle. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. But I didn't feel inspired by it. I didn't, yeah, I think... So it's that kind of attitude of, well, I've done this for so long that it would be silly to let it go to waste. Also, I didn't want to disappoint my parents, you know. That They'd really encouraged me to go to university and I think they were quite happy that I had a quite a nice job in London, you know, and I had a nice place to live. I didn't want to say to them, I really am not doing what I want to do. I, I don't really understand why I went to university. It was like saying all of those years and all of that energy I put into it, I, I don't like any of it. I I wasn't proud of any of it. And I, it was felt really hard to say that to people who have encouraged you, um, lended you money, um, been through everything with you, you know, all the, the, yes, I got the job and, oh, I had a terrible day at work and all those things. Um, yeah. So I think it was, for me, it was that, but, I think um, for other people who I've coached, I think it's also because they don't know what they want to do, and it was the same for me. It was like, well, if I don't do this, then what am I going to do? And that question is scary as well, because it's you know it, it presents so many other questions, and sometimes it just feels easier to keep going with what you know and what you're already doing. It feels safe, even though it's
0: better the devil you know.
1: Yeah because it
0: because if you change and that thing doesn't work out then you become a serial quitter alert, <laughs> yeah. don't you and that's that's not a good place for your self-esteem to be either
1: yeah exactly and then and then you might think oh well I need more training or I need so it feels like a big pressure to change and and it is I mean even leaving London for me was a lot of pressure because it was tying up Things with jobs. It was tying up things with renting places. It was all the furniture, all the stuff that you collect along the way. So it's like a really big breakup, you know. Everything changes, absolutely everything. So it's not it's not something that it happens with a light heart, really. I think you really have to to want it and to be able to explore it and to be very open to what will happen.
0: Yeah, good for you for making making that change. Above my desk I've got this little quote it says uh, the life that I could still live I should live. It's <laughs> such a useful thing that you can you can cuz you and then another good quote I is um the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> the second best time is now. Mm-hmm. And I think those two things together are really helpful in my head for just kind of forgetting the past stuff and then making the decisions for the for now
1: yeah and I think I mean for me the support that I had from so many different people so from professional coaches my friends my parents who have they've been through so many changes with me you know I went after college I said oh I want to I want to go traveling around the world and I did that for a year and then I come back and I say I want to just travel the rest of my life and life will just be great and they say oh you should go to uni and I went to uni and you know They've been through all of this with me and I'm constantly changing in my mind. And so the support from them has been amazing. Um, And yeah, from all of my family, really. And I think particularly from, from coaches, I think, because they've kind of guided me and said it is okay to change and it's okay to be worried and upset about it sometimes, you know, it it's all just part of the journey and none of it is um in stone like there's nothing along this way that is you know you you have to stay with or stick with that you can keep changing things you can keep asking questions and finding new answers and exploring it
0: okay tell me then tell me about coaches a coach is not just for millionaires <laughs> or hippies or massively narcissistic um <laughs> wimps
1: yeah exactly and i think you're, um, saying, you're
0: saying yes they are
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying that I, yeah, that, I think, that wasn't
0: what i was expecting you to yeah. say <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i'm saying that Um, coaches are i think they're for people who are asking questions in their own head about. Anything you know? Anything in particular in life, it, or it might be very vague it might, or it might just be like a little niggle. So they've kind of got this question or a few questions that keep coming up, but they're not actually getting to any answers about it. Perhaps they're afraid to explore it. So whether it's to do with relationships or career or, or where they're living or anything.
0: But you think it's something that's useful, a useful investment of time and money for normal people? with normal problems and normal resources you'd say that's a useful allocation of someone's time and money
1: yeah i think it's a really useful tool um and once you have started exploring the questions that a coach asks then you can you know keep that as a tool for life so i'm not saying write down the questions and keep asking the same one over and over again but you start to open up and you start to discover new ways of thinking um with a fresh perspective, a different question. The questions might be slightly different to how you would ask them yourself um and they're very open questions, so they're without judgment, without someone telling you that that's a ridiculous idea or or strange or you know any of those kind of negative sides to asking a question there yeah if you've got a good coach then they'll be very open and just guide you towards asking even more questions really that's that's the whole journey of it
0: yeah well that seems a good time then to say meet for for me um rather than getting some coaching I've gone for the cheaper option of going for a month-long bike ride (laughs) uh, with a microphone and I've got a Stack of question cards of questions i have been asking, and uh, I'm going to ask you to take one of the, take one off the top and mm-hmm. give us your answer if you don't want to answer any of them, you can ignore them.
1: Do you want me to read out the question? Yes, please okay. What advice would you offer to someone who has the same big barriers that are in your head and stop you getting on with things <laughs> that's interesting.
0: So the barriers, think of the barriers that you've got, which we've talked about a bit, the things that were stopping you, there are of course, lots of people in the same uh, situation. Um, what advice do you have for them?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. As a coach, I don't normally give advice, <laughs> wow,
0: you're but I
1: will. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: well, as a coach then, would you just ask back some other questions to that person?
1: Yeah, I would actually. Like what? Um Well, I would I would ask first what what are the barriers? Like can we actually identify them? So, for example, like you've been asking me what were the barriers to me? actually I had this idea about the lifestyle that I wanted to have what what took me so long you know what were the barriers and I think it's a lot to do with the stories that we tell ourselves um, so I think identifying the barriers and the stories that we attach to them and asking well, what if I didn't have that story? You know, what if I didn't have that story about my money that I'm telling myself? You know, oh, I have to quit my job when I've got myself out of debt. It was like I was giving myself, you know, a two-year sentence in my Mm. job and actually the way that things have worked out, I'm earning almost the same as I was in London and my costs are less and I've nearly paid off my debt now. So... Yeah, I think it's first not just asking what the big barriers are, but breaking them down. So you might say, "Oh, well, I have a fear of something," and so and you you can start asking, "Well, what does that actually mean? What does it look like? How does it feel? Where does that come from? Um, what stories are you telling yourself around that? You know, what and what do you? How do you? How do you speak to other people about it? You know, how do you tell?" Like you know, so I, I've I've been talking about my debt for a, such a long time, and I still have that story. You know, I, I'm still telling people that's what I'm doing. That, and what if I, what if you detach yourself from that story, and then you can create something completely new?
0: Okay, that's a very good answer. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't an answer; it's a question. Very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's very good. Next. Next one off the top. Yeah. Okay.
1: Interesting. What story uh-huh. <laughs> would you put on the front page of the newspaper? Ooh. Um I actually consciously don't buy newspapers because I do they are they do tend to be very negative. <laughs> and um yeah, I keep I keep my head in sand a little bit. Um I would put something Something I've been thinking about recently is how I would like to meet people and talk to people who are kind of the hidden heroes in society. So, for example, I'd love to go to Sheffield and speak to the people who are doing things kind of behind the scenes, maybe whether they're doctors, nurses, working in a charity, or something even less obvious than that. And find out what they're doing and what impact they're having, even if it isn't on a national or a global scale. And finding out what problem they are helping to solve and finding out what it is like for them um, and why they do it. That's what I would, yeah, I think that's what I'd put on the front of a paper. that I'd, re- I'd actually read it then.
0: Cool. <laughs> Heroes needed. <laughs> nice.
1: Next. Um, if you could magically change one thing in your life, what would it be? Whew, that's a good question because I've changed a hell of a lot of things.
0: <laughs> so the reason I, ask, I like this question is because it's quite nice to, the good thing about asking the magically part thing is you go, ooh, and it removes all the reality. Mm. And then once you've come up, So I'm priming you here, but once you then come up with that, I could change this, then you can often think out, oh, well, actually, I could change that without the magic part. Mm. Sorry, I've given away my secret of my question. No,
1: no, I love it. Magic. Um, If you could magically change one thing in life, what would it be? I'm just thinking of... um, things that are going through my head are things that I can actually change, that that I'm trying to change.
0: (laughs) Go on then, give us one of those.
1: (laughs) Well, first, okay, I'll give you one of those first, which is um, I really want to make more effort with the people who are close to me in life, not in physical distance, but my family and my friend, my close friends, who I tend to get wrapped up in things, the place where I'm in, and I don't very often... Speak to my family, not as much as I'd like to, um, and I don't see them as much as I'd like to. So that is one thing that I am actually working on changing. Um, so, but that that can actually happen. That doesn't that doesn't need magic.
0: Well, I don't, I don't think many things do. So yeah, that, that's that's a good answer. I, that, that passes. One. As that an passes. Answer.
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, next. next one. If you could live life. Over, what would you do differently? I would not have gone to university. Nor would I. 100%. It used to just make me fume being there. And I knew I didn't want to go. I knew it. I knew that I didn't... I mean, maybe later on in life, I know some people feel like they've missed out. And it's not just because of student debt. I just found it to be very slow Um quite trapping in terms of the financial side of things and I just wasn't my best self you know I I just come back from traveling around the world my eyes were wide open and I think I should have stuck to what I wanted to do which was just to work and travel and do what I do what I'd really enjoyed that year um yeah, so I would have scrapped that. Those 4 years at university, I just feel like I was just drifting and floating. I didn't fit in anywhere. I was always just biking off on my own trying to escape it. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't have gone either. I just think of I think of how much time I wasted there. Yeah. When I could have been reading some good books and doing something useful for my education.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of say, oh, well, you know, that's my best years and stuff. But I wasn't drinking at the time. Um, I wasn't into that kind of culture at all. So I just, I kind of isolated myself by not being part of that. I didn't want to spend loads of money while I was there. And, yeah, I just bought a bike and I went off and just, I made, I think I made the best of it. But it just dragged on for so long. I took it so seriously. I um, buried myself in books. And I'm not saying it couldn't have been a different experience, but, I, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't, need to go, I didn't need to go to university. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Next question. Next
1: one. Can you share an example of trying to find a balance between contentment and self-improvement? Hmm. ah okay I've got a good one I think so when I did decide that I would like to go self-employed and become a coach which was a journey of self-improvement in itself because I was being coached and I just felt like I was improving my whole outlook on life by starting to pursue something I was really interested in even though I was still in my job at the time um I went full pelt into trying to start my business as a coach and make it a success so that I could leave my job. And during that time, I found it really hard to have time just for myself where I wasn't working and putting myself into something, pushing myself harder. So my health went really downhill because if I wasn't at work, I was trying, I was either going out on adventures and trying to improve my navigation, learning more, you know, walking, whatever, um, or trying to create an event. I was always plugging away at something. I was eating microwave meals on the go. um, So that's when my health went, started to go downhill. And I was really frustrated because I wanted to feel more balanced and happy, but i wasn't getting enough sleep and rest and i wasn't i didn't have a, a social life outside of working so i found that really hard um because i just pushed myself harder and harder and harder until i basically just burnt out <laughs> so um i wasn't i wasn't even showing up well as a coach either so so now Um, kind of like I was saying just a second ago that I need to make more time for my family and friends because now I do have a better balance in my health and my relationships but that doesn't really extend to the people who really matter to me and have supported me through all of those hard times so I really want to get better at that That, that's the balance I'm trying to find now
0: thank you Um, I think Pretty much anyone who's taking, who takes, who's taking self employment seriously, goes down that <laughs> manic overload <thing. laughs> Yeah. Partly, I think it's the, um, well, you're passionate about what you're doing, mm. so you just want to go for it. Yeah. And often, it, I think it's the nature of the person who has the audacity and the hubris to think that they can make a go of it self employed. Yeah. Um, combined into a bit of a crazy cocktail, I think. But yeah, certainly uh, all that you say there resonates with me and <laughs> and many people I know who've gone self-employed. Um, but equally, I think if you don't go kind of crazy at it, then mm-hmm. it doesn't work because self-employed sounds like you just sit around in your pants drinking tea all day. <laughs> yeah. But you have to do a lot of work before you get to the stage of you being able to afford any tea bags.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I have been through that phase, in fact, very quickly after I quit my job. I sort of thought, oh, I've got my co- my coaching qualification now. I can design websites. I can do a few little bits and pieces. People just, you know, hire me. And and in the coaching world, you are kind of sold that idea that you take the leap and, you know, you follow certain formulas. And, and then you just go out into the world and people will come to you and, you know, go, oh, I want to um, pay for your services to help me. And I'm not saying that never works, um, but it didn't work for me and I never wanted it to work that way either. So, yeah, there, there was definitely a gap where I kind of thought, what am I doing? I don't even know how to manage myself Um, in terms of, like, my payments and taxes and all that stuff, and it seemed really scary, but none of it is as scary as I thought it was. And um, the, the, the way that things have worked out were never how I planned. So I think that I'm not saying... To just jump into something and not have any idea how things will work out, but I think also it's really important to not stay too rigid with how you think you think things should go and work out, especially with going freelance or self employment, and to to be quite open to opportunities and um, and enjoy it. That's the most important thing to me. So some da- some days, if I feel like oh yeah, I'm I'm going to do this this and this, or I'm going to fill up my week with loads of stuff, and then. I think, well, I still want to be able to go out for a run. I want to go and do, I want to go meet some interesting people. So I try and fit that in and remind myself that's okay. And that is why I decided to go self-employed because I don't want to work um, 40 hours a week um, or anywhere near that. I don't work anywhere near that.
0: But you, um, you're you making ends meet and doing good. Yeah, exactly. And living somewhere beautiful yes. and going running. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like something is working pretty well plus uh you have a lovely waterfall on your back doorstep yeah so thank you very much for taking me uh to go jump in the waterfall the CG, <laughs> in the
1: wind and the rain
0: especially because I arrived here soaking wet and quite cold <laughs> and actually wasn't really up for it but as I said to myself you never regret going for a swim and I am really glad we did it uh, thank you for answering my questions with a lot of uh, eloquence and insight and uh, thank you for the pizza
1: oh you're very welcome thank you Alistair
0: thank you I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously there's show notes from every episode on my website com slash podcast if you have enjoyed it please take a screenshot of your phone and Pop it up on social media, or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. I teamed up with Komoot to make this podcast happen. In case you missed it, Komoot is an outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Komoot helps you have better adventures is with detailed route profiles. So. You've got your basic route in place with Komoot. Next step is to check the route profile. The profile displays the information you want to see, like the the surface type, especially important if you're on a bike, and elevation profile, (laughs) especially important for everyone, the ups and the downs. On a road bike, for example, that means you can anticipate the big climbs or ensure your adventure only includes tarmac, unless you want to spice it up and you want to suffer, in which case you can hunt for a gravel route or more single track. If you're hiking, you'll be able to see your elevation gain, as well as where on the route you'll need to push on to get through the uphills. Your very own outdoor experiences are waiting for you. Go explore more with Komoot. Head to komoot.com slash g and use the voucher code Adventurous to claim your free region bundle.